in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? The Las Vegas Aces will play the Connecticut Sun in the WNBA Finals. The Sun beat the sky in game five of the semis last night. Chicago entered the fourth quarter up 58 to 48. Connecticut outscored Chicago 24 to 5 in the fourth quarter, including an 18 0 run over the last three minutes. They did not score almost four minutes on their home floor to try to go to the finals. Unbelievable collapse. Like, seriously, unreal collapse in that game from Chicago. Like, you get outscored 18 to nothing over the last four minutes of that game is brutal. So now, it's Connecticut coming to Vegas on Sunday for game one of the WNBA Finals. Aces went two and one against the Sun in the regular season. Um, I expect the aces to win this series. Uh, I don't think it goes to five. Even I think the only thing I'm maybe looking at is, uh, John Quill Jones, very good defensively inside. Maybe she's enough to keep Asia Wilson in check and force the Chelsea gray, Kelsey plum, Jackie young trio to win a few games in this series. Uh, but even then I don't think that the, that the sun have that much of a chance to beat the aces in a five game series. Next question. Uh, the A's got a favorable ruling from a judge in Oakland. Uh, so the A's, they're trying to build a new ballpark at the Howard Terminal site on the water out in Oakland. And there were three groups that were trying to sue them, uh, saying that their plan to build a ballpark there was uh, an environmental and a safety hazard. A judge basically struck that down and said none of these claims have merit and the A's are fine to go ahead. So this isn't, I don't think, a big step for the A's. They still have a few more big steps to stay in Oakland, but it's one that could have derailed it if a judge had sided with the people that were trying to claim this ballpark was not safe. I think it was in the last month reports that they had met with uh, the casino uh, mogul here, um, but it's been quiet on the uh, A's front somewhat. So does that mean anything to you? Because we both have always thought it's a leverage play, and we both have always thought that they're staying in Oakland. When, when's their next big meeting that's, with the Oakland City Council? Because then, sure. we'll, then we'll that, hear about the, the meeting with somebody from Las Vegas. Whenever that happens, that's when we'll find out. Because that's that's what always happens. All of the news about them coming to Vegas is always right before the big city council some meeting. sort of meeting in Oakland or whenever they want something in Oakland. Great question. Thank you. Uh, how do you feel about this answer from Tom Brady? He got asked if this was going to be his last season. And he said, I think we're all getting one day older at a time. We're all not sure whether we're going to be here or not next year. That's the reality for every player, every coach, every parent. You just never know. We should all take advantage of the opportunity that we have, which is the one we have in front of us now. Perspective. It sounds like a guy that's going to retire and doesn't want to say he's going to retire. What the hell I kind mean, of an answer knows? is that? I mean, 
Do you really do you really think that this is an automatic that he's gonna retire this guy? What's he forty five now? He hated his family for those two months, so <laughs> probably won't retire. Hold on now, there's some things going on, supposedly reports. Wait, what's not, going on? Is he getting not, divorced? Uh, there's some reports that there's a... Uh, oh. I've seen oh. some headlines. That wait, a minute, a little wait a minute. Discontent within the mansion. Who who around here was telling me that I was going too far by saying he hated his family when he retired for two months? Jared and I. Yeah. He, so I'm about to be right? Possibly. This man retired for two months, hated his family so much that he didn't want to be around him, and now he's getting divorced? Well, we don't know that. We're just going off some headlines that there might be some discontent in the mansion. I, I saw a headline the other day saying that uh, they weren't too happy with his uh, work timeline and being a parent. Oh, he definitely took those two weeks off in the middle of training camp to go try to save his marriage, didn't he? Well... Uh, either that or the mass singer. Oh man, we're not sure which one, we're not sure which one he did. They thought he was coming back home to hang out with Giselle and the kids, but he went to the mass singer, and Giselle was like, "All right, this is over, <laughs> this is done for." Man, I am I'm never going to be more proud about being proven right if they get divorced. Boy, two how months. can you root for that stuff? Two months. How can you root for that? I'm rooting about be, me. No, being there's right. children involved here. Come on. Okay. Come what? on. Every child in this country would trade places with Giselle and Tom Brady's as their parents, even if they're divorced. I would trade places with them. <laughs> what if time, what if you what if you showed up like in a baseball cap and said, right. Dad? That's right. Dad? Who gets me? The rich supermodel or the rich football player? Either one's fine. Goodbye, Mom and Dad. Yes. Your poor mother with the farm, she'd never see you again. She doesn't want to see me anyway. <laughs> That's a great, great question. Davo Sweeney has a new contract with Clemson. It's going to pay him $10.5 million this season. It runs through 2031. It'll go up to $12.5 million by then. But the interesting detail is that his buyout to leave Clemson is 1.5 times higher if he leaves for Alabama than if he leaves for any other job. He's always been the one that they've said is going to replace Nick Saban. So I love that he could leave for the NFL. He could leave for an in-conference rival. He could leave Georgia. For, yeah, he could leave for an in-state rival in South Carolina. Yeah, South Carolina. And that's fine. Just don't go to Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> if you go to Alabama, you got to pay us a lot more than if you're going somewhere else. So I love the forward thinking there from Clemson to put that in there. And Dabo agreed to it. But, you know, right. I would, you know, he's getting 10 points. Alabama's okay on the money side of things if right. they wanted him. They can, they can, they can, they can the afford buyout, the buyout. I would assume. Um, the other part of this, it's, it runs through 2031, and he's going to get paid $12.5 million in 2031. He will either have been fired, left for Alabama, or renegotiated a new contract by the time 2031 comes around. Yeah. And, you know, if he's still at Clemson, he'll probably be getting paid $15 million by the time 2031. Who's to say Saban's still not there at 2031? Probably will be. Just just in a wheelchair. 85 just, just yelling at people? Yeah, it would be great. Next question. The Coyotes have surpassed their season ticket revenue from last season. If you're unaware... The Coyotes are playing this next season in Arizona State's 5,000-seat mullet arena. Uh, the Coyotes apparently, according to ESPN, last year their average season ticket price was 90 bucks per game per seat. This year it's $170. So they basically doubled the average price. Now, they don't have an upper deck. Everything is effectively a lower bowl seat, and there's only 5,000 of them. Uh, they didn't sell all, this, all those as season tickets either. But... I love that the Arizona Coyotes can downgrade to a tiny college arena 
and make more money on yeah. season tickets. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a nice arena, by the way. It's the Justin Emerson Arena. Oh, yes. The, uh, that's right. I called it the Mullet Arena. I, we need to change that and officially call it the Either Justin Either the dad or the Justin Emerson press box. He should have the press box named after him. 41 games. How many sellouts do they have? All of them. Yeah. Well, it's a 5,000 seats? Yeah. Every single but one. They better they're sell gonna have, them They're going to have an Arizona State student section. Yeah. Which is the greatest idea I've ever heard in my life. Oh, man. It's going to be great. <laughs> There's going to be, I don't know. I mean, assuming they show up, which we talked about it before. I mean, if I was might. in college and there was a professional hockey team on campus, yeah, I would go to every single game. Plus, it's a party area. Yeah. So I, I assume that part of the, uh, the arena is going to be full and going to be awesome. Like, like, listen, it's kind of embarrassing that an NHL team is playing in a 5,000-seat arena. Kind of. If they have every seat filled or, you know, 90% filled, that's close enough for a sellout, plus there's a student section, that's going to be like the best atmosphere in the league. Student section will be the most rowdy right. of the entire building. It's going to be phenomenal. I can't wait for there to be a student section. Can we please games. hope that... This is voted a better atmosphere than T-Mobile Arena. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, when the Golden Knights are on their 17th goalie of the year and are out of the playoffs, yeah, of course it will. Next question. All right. The Bears are officially exploring moving out of Soldier Field. They put out a fun little letter to fans to explain themselves. Uh, They've got renderings of a dome stadium in Arlington Park, a suburb of Chicago. And there's two interesting parts. One. The Bears say they are not exploring other sites and they are not exploring renovations to Soldier Field. They're only exploring this potential new stadium in Arlington Heights, Um, which to me, they're moving, right? They're going to Arlington Heights. Yeah. How can they say they're not? And then they have out this, this letter and these renderings. Yeah. And then the other interesting part to me was in their little letter, they said, While the Bears will seek no public funding for direct stadium structure construction, given the broad long-term public benefits of this project, we look forward to partnering with the various governmental bodies to to secure additional funding and assistance needed to support the feasibility of the development. So they tried to come out. They want public money. Well, yeah, they tried to come out and be like, eh, we're not asking for public money. But. But. We're looking forward to working with you to get some public money. Yeah, we're going to take some public money at the end of the day here. Which, by the way, is the only reason. I mean, Soldier Field's old and all that. But the only reason you're actually moving out of Soldier Field is because you're going to get public money from somewhere. You're going to get more public money to build. You might even, if you you wait around long enough, you might even get $750 million. Someone might be (laughs) voting for that. Or the Bills got eight hundred and fifty. Or whatever that was it. So we're not even number one anymore. We got passed by Buffalo. You got breaking news, Danny? Potentially. uh, Adam Schefter just put out a tweet about a minute ago saying Lamar Jackson decided to turn down the Ravens offer and bet on himself. He will now make $23 million this season and is expected to be franchise tagged after this season. You're telling me his deadline was 11 a.m. Eastern time on Friday? Apparently, this tweet just came out. A so minute he gets ago. twenty-three million, and they're going to tag him next year. Yep. Yeah, he will not be a free agent next season. This is the the Ravens can effectively get two years of Lamar Jackson without a long-term commitment out of it. Now, maybe he refuses to play or something like right. that. Right. Maybe but, he's the old hold-in. Right. But they can effectively get two years of Lamar Jackson, and then potentially they could say, "All right, we've got your best year. See you later," which would be right. Crappy for Lamar Jackson, but kind of funny. So the Ravens do have a significant amount of leverage with the, because of the franchise tag. Now, granted, he's going to make a ton of money on the franchise tag. Next oh, year. given what guys are making yeah, now with the averages, sure. What's it, it's going to be like forty yeah. million or something like that. So he's going to make a ton, but there will be no long term security for him. It'll be that'll be it. Man, you know that's a great question. 
All right. The Patriots went to Miami five days before their game Sunday in Miami. Bill Belichick was asked why. He said, I think they're a combination of factors. But in the end, it all looks like it sets up fairly well here. So make the travel on Tuesday instead of Saturday. We'll be down there. We'll be able to just focus on the Dolphins. He didn't really give a reason as to why they went down there on Tuesday instead of on Saturday. Was it weather? Humidity? What's he getting them down there for? They've lost five out of their last seven. He's from humidity. (laughs) They've lost five out of their last seven in Miami. This is like the the scheduled game. He's switching things up. I guess that's what it is. And he didn't really want to say, oh, we just lose a lot here, so I want to change how we do things. But they went down there on Tuesday for a game on Sunday, Sunday, which is kind of insane to think about, but that's what the Patriots are doing. Uh, It didn't help them coming out to Las Vegas very early. No, Uh, it did not. They didn't look very good in any of those. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into some Golden Knights. On the left side, Stone to the right, back in front, they score! Tic-tac-toe to Donov, back to Stone, 2-1 Golden Knights. Hutton keeps it in, Pacioretty deals across to the right, intended for Patrick. Check tightly, and now it's out in front, they score! Pacioretty to Stone, and the Knights lead 5-1. to one. You're listening to the Press Box Summer Edition. Coming up in 10 minutes, Jeff Erickson from Roto-Wire is going to join the show. He'll answer your fantasy football questions. You can text them in to the Finley Kia text line. That is 69187. Make sure you preface your message with ESPN. So type ESPN, then type out whatever your fantasy question is and send it to 69187. Jeff Erickson will answer your fantasy football questions questions now before we get to some fantasy football questions with Jeff Erickson uh Ed how do you feel about some jersey talk are we turning you yet oh yes by the way you know how I feel on jerseys yeah and you know how I feel on tank tops and and all weird stuff with numbers and stuff tank tops what wait what Uh, uh, jerseys tank tops anything with numbers and names of teams on them okay no jersey guy uh sorry Danny Danny's wearing Uh, one right Danny's wearing one Danny wears a lot of jerseys sorry jersey (laughs) guy just it's I, I can't do jerseys I love this jersey Okay. All right. Hot so, take. I love this jersey. So this is uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? I love it. This is from Aesthetics, uh, which is a uh, website that covers hockey logos, hockey jerseys, and uniforms and stuff like that. Um, the Golden Knights might be having a black jersey this year. Has not been officially announced or released. These are potential leaks that Aesthetics got uh, pictures of. They are black. Golden Knights jersey, something that this organization has not had yet. We've seen gold, white, gray, and red so far, the four jerseys they've worn. Uh, These would be black. Now, some of the details here, they are black. They have red and gold stripes. Uh, It looks like the numbers and the font are sort of the stardust numbers and font. I think most people in Las Vegas have a good idea of what that means. If not... uh, Look up the Stardust and see how that font is. That's what it appears to be. Also, on the pants, on the shorts, instead of having a vertical stripe down like the hip, it is a sword instead of an actual stripe or whatever. So you have a sword as a stripe, black with some gold and red. And also the other detail is on the front, instead of the Golden Knights logo, it says Vegas, and it is the um, diagonal font that like love the font or not font but the diagonal uh like new york rangers use but i do love the font i do love how it looks and i love the numbers i love the number on the back yeah 
Yeah. Is so, this, am I surprising you? Yes, you. This yeah. is. I mean, I know, I know we've started to convert you from not caring about it to me bringing it up enough to where you have opinions on jerseys. <laughs> I, it's great. But I am stunned that you came in with the, like, you are on top of this. I, I wish they it. would wear these every night. Uh, these So these are, if aesthetics is correct, these are going to replace the red jerseys that they oh, had last year. Far better than the red jerseys. Right. I, I agree. And, but that means they'll probably wear them like, Six or seven yeah. times this year because the red ones, maybe they wore them a little bit more than that, but the red ones were not a like, no, it's every not the standard. Thing, no, right. It was more of a special, Hey, this is when we're wearing them. Um, so you, what, what do you like the font? Love the font. Love its diagonal. Love the number on the back. Love the sword. Love everything about it. Okay. The sword is great for two reasons. One, they're the golden Knights. They've had a bunch of swords, you know, the golden yeah. Knight fighting before and everything. So incorporating a sword into the jersey, into the uniform design, is very good. But the sword is actually great because Alan Walsh tweeted out a picture <laughs> of a sword in the back of Marc Andre Fleury two years ago with the boar on the on the uh, the blade. And so anytime the Golden Knights use a sword, that is going to be the primary thing I think of. And so putting a sword on the pants. I think is terrific just because of that. Because I get and to And I'll tell you what, if Kelly that. McCrimmon would have remembered that, there would have been no sword on this uniform. <laughs> well, DeBoer's gone, and so but is Flurry. It has something to, anything to do with Alan Walsh. He would not have put the sword on the uniform. <laughs> so we'll have to see when we get, uh, assuming these jerseys are real, if there's anything written on the sword. would be good. If the Golden Knights want to lean completely into it, they would have like Vegas or something you know, written on the sword the same way DeBoer was. Obviously, you don't put DeBoer on the sword, but if they want to lean into it, hey, here's a sword, and we wrote something on it the same way that Alan Walsh did when he tweeted out the picture of Flurry with a sword in his back. Be great. Will these be for sale? Yeah, if these are real, yeah, they will. Okay. Are you going to buy one? For my son. Wow, look at you. Does he like it? Or are you just buying him one because you like No, he it? likes them. Okay. He's got, like, Tyler Hero. He's got, well... He's no, got, I mean, does he like the black Golden Knights jersey? Oh, I'm sure he'd like it. I'm sure okay. he'd like it, yeah. Um, <laughs> his, his Golden Knights jersey he has right now is, uh, well, we kind of misstepped on that one, Cody Glass. <laughs> oh. He's the first overall pick. Yikes. I, I, he goes, what do you think? I said, well, everyone's going to get flurry. You know, well, that didn't work out either. Right, well, I was going to say, there's a lot saying, of players you that could didn't have work that out. didn't I mean, yeah, it could have been a lot of Schmidt. It could have been a lot of guys that didn't work out. Um but I said, well, he's the first overall pick. You know, they'll keep they'll keep him around. He's the first pick in franchise history. So get Cody Glass, and that uh, it's, that didn't work out. So I'd also like a shirt. I'd also like cool if they do T-shirts on these. Yes, that um, should be pretty cool. I don't know if they did the red. I don't know if they did the red, red jerseys T-shirts. Um, can I ask you one other thing on this this leak here from Aesthetics? Alex Tuck is the player pictured wearing a mock-up <laughs> of the jersey. I didn't even realize that. Alex Tuck does not play for the Golden Knights no. anymore. If you if you were not aware, he's in Buffalo. He got traded as a part of the Jack Eichel. Is that package. him? That is Alex Tuck. Yeah, yes. it is. Uh, Eighty nine is his number, oh. which makes me believe this is even like it makes me believe it's real even more. Right? Why hey. would it be real even more if they used a player who's no longer there? Because that means it's from at Last least a year, year ago. Right, that they've uh, been working on it. Because here's the thing: if okay. you were going to fake, hey, here's a Golden Knights new jersey, then you'd put Jack Eichel in there. Right. These pictures were leaked to me. Right. 
yeah, you'd put Eichel there or Stone. Like you'd put a, at least a current player, right? I mean, at least William Carrier or something like that. You'd put a well-known current player. But for it to be Jack or excuse me, Alex Tuck, that to me implies that these have been in the works for over a year. And this guy's got a picture of of Alex Tuck. Now, maybe, I guess the other possibility is these have been in the works for a while and they got canned at some point, right? At some point, I hope they, not. Said, they said, ah, we don't like those. Get rid of them. Hope and not. they haven't been brought back. But I, to me, seeing Alex Tuck makes me feel like it's more real than not real. Because I just think that these, I'll say these are the best ones so far that I've ever seen. Interesting. I think I still like the gold ones better than... The black ones here, um, there. The black ones are definitely better than the reds, and they're definitely better than the white and gray, the standard ones that the Golden Knights have worn. Uh, but I think I like the gold ones more than these, just because they're gold and nobody really does gold. It's a fun color, apparently a tough color to get right on jerseys, which is why it took them so long to have gold <laughs> jerseys, whatever that means. But uh, yeah, these are pretty good. You are man. Oh yeah, I'm into. You are I all wanna, in. I'd rather. He'd probably rather have a T-shirt. Than a big jersey because t-shirts you can wear all the time. Right. Jerseys, there's only in so Vegas. You can pretty them. much only wear a Golden Knights jersey to a Golden Knights. Game. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You can wear a t-shirt all the time. Yeah. I, I. That's. And if this is if this is fake and it's not true, <laughs> I'm taking this to a t-shirt maker and I'm having him make this t-shirt. Is that against the law? Am I getting some kind of copyright law against it and I'll like be arrested? As long as you don't try to sell it. Yeah, I think they might be in trouble, but you, the people making the t-shirt, but you wouldn't. Like That's you right. as the consumer would know, yeah. of course not. Now, maybe they would get in trouble, but even then, well, I, I highly doubt the Golden Knights would come after somebody for having one t-shirt made. I, I don't Do you know how they feel about me over there? <laughs> <laughs> I'd, have the, I'd have the feds outside the house, surrounding the house. <laughs> no, no, it's the Golden Knights parachute team you got to yes, worry about. exactly. Come the they coming in the from, back? Yes. All right. Coming up next, Jeff Erickson from RotoWire is going to join the show. Send us your fantasy football questions. If you don't know who to play in week one, 69187 is the Finley Kia text line. Text in your question now. Preface your message with ESPN. So type ESPN, then your fantasy football question. We will ask it to Jeff Erickson coming up next. Gets a snap, pocket collapsing, gets out of pressure, runs to his right, throws it downfield, looking for Diggs. Diggs stops, and he makes the catch, and he's in the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo, Stephon Diggs. Adjusted as the ball was hung up high by Josh Allen. He was under heavy pressure. Diggs virtually stopped at the two-yard line, made the catch, and fell into the end zone. Back to the Press Box Summer Edition. Joining us now from RotoWire is Jeff Erickson. If you've got fantasy football questions, you can text them to us now. 69187 is our Finley Kia text line. Make sure you preface that message, type ESPN, then whatever your fantasy question is, and send it to 69187. Jeff, before we get to some questions, uh, were you high on Allen Robinson before last night? <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> uh, I have him on my watch in a lot of places there. Uh, now... Uh, now I think I might have just been high. I don't know, but uh, you know, it, was, it was really awful to see the utter lack of targets. Fortunately, I was feeding Cam Akers, so I didn't have double pain going on there. But I had a lot of—I have a lot of Allen, Allen Robinson in my twenty leagues. On the other side, can Gabe Davis be what he was at the end of last year and then last night? Sure, I don't see why not. He's a clear number two uh, in that offense. He, you know, and you know, it's, 
good as Diggs is, uh, you know, it's nice having that same option on the other side. Uh, Diggs was still the clear number one. I think we've established that. But uh, no shame in being the second receiver on a really good passing game, the best passing game. He was going in the third round a lot of drafts Gabe Davis was by the end of draft season. In fact, there are still drafts this weekend, by the way. Uh, But, uh, you know, because like I play in the NFFC where you have a quote-unquote free look at the Thursday night game so that way they can have drafts this weekend. Uh, He was going in the third round as it was. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we go like, early third, late second by the end of the drafts here, the, uh, these last few drafts. That feels like cheating. What do you mean there's drafts? Because you, you get a free look? What are we doing here? Yeah, so, okay, it's an overall contest, right? Uh, but it's a big, you know, it's an opportunity to have one more weekend of drafts. You get to see everybody that plays the contest, the people that drafted before and the people that draft after, get to see the look on what happens in this game, and they can choose whether or not to use that player for that particular game. It's it's a one one off thing just for that Thursday night game. So that way you have drafts on Friday and Saturday as well. I've got one tonight, for instance, okay. online. So, uh, but uh, you know it, it's open. You know, but the funny thing is, there was a year that Peyton Manning threw seven touchdowns in the uh, Thursday night opener, and he got moved all the way to the first round because of that. And you never see a quarterback <laughs> in the first round, but uh, in this particular draft, he did. So you know you can see some of the potential there. All right. Uh, first question from our Finley Kia text line: Hunter Renfro or Elijah Mitchell as a flex uh, standard scoring, not PPR. Uh, because it's standard scoring, I'm going to go Elijah Mitchell there. Uh, Renfro is going to get his targets. I don't know if he gets the red zone targets like he did last year, merely because Devontae Adams is going to command a lot of those targets. Uh, with the Raiders and J.C. Jackson probably being out, do you does that? mean to you Devontae Adams just has a monster day, or do you think that trickles down and uh, Waller and Renfro have bigger days than expected? I think Adams will have a huge day. Um, I, I think it's going to be a bit of a shootout there. I know the Chargers upgraded their defense as a whole, but Jackson was supposed to be a big part of that there. So, yeah, I, I think this should have some, this has shootout potential because we know that the Chargers are also going to put up a number, too. Of all your drafts, uh, who are some of the rookies that you think you know went higher than expected or, or can make uh, the most impact? Um, I, there's a couple of guys that uh, I have frequently. Uh, top rookie that I have is the Saints, Chris Olave. Uh, I, I think he's going to go nuts with the Saints. Uh, I, I think he's the best route runner in this rookie class. He may not go Jefferson or Chase rookie crazy, but I think he's going to be a very productive rookie. I like Ramondre Stevenson on the Patriots. I think he gets more work than uh, Damian Harris does, ultimately. So I, I like him quite a bit if you're waiting on running backs, for instance. Um, uh, if you're waiting on tight ends, I, I like Irv Smith on the Vikings as a guy that can you know be, turn a big profit for you. Um, another question from our Finley Kia text line. Dak or Joe Burrow? I'm going to go Joe Burrow. Uh, Dallas offensive lines without Tyrion Smith, and they're playing the Bucks. I'm uh, going to go Burrow. I think this is a relatively good, I, I, I'm relatively comfortable with that call. Uh, 69187 is our text line. You can send in your fantasy football questions now to Jeff Erickson. Uh, another one, Damian Pierce or Miles Sanders? I'm going to go Damian Pierce. Miles Sanders has been dealing with a hammy. He did practice the last two days. So he'll probably play, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a big timeshare with Kenneth Gainwell this week. Uh, and then I wanted to ask you, what, what happens in the Jags' backfield between Travis Etienne and James Robinson this season? So I, I'm going to give you a comparison that's uh, not exactly rel- uh, contemporary. I'm going to go back to my Bengals in 1989. James Brooks, <laughs> he would. I think you know, they're both going to be productive. But uh, you know, Etienne is the guy that's going to be the pass-catching guy. He'll get some carries, obviously. But uh, Robinson's the between-the-tackles guy, the, the goal-line back. 
Um, he's, he's, he's a good back in his own right, but Robinson's going to lose a lot of the pass catching, obviously. Um, and we'll see how, how active Robinson is in week one, given that the injury is coming back from, but they're both coming back from major injuries. Is the thing just ETNs happen so much earlier than Robinson. What receivers would you look at from the chiefs? Given he's got about six now to choose from, uh, and Tyreek Hill's gone. So I think Juju Smith-Schuster is the guy that's going to be the number one. He'll never be Tyreek Hill, but, you know, this is a guy we were drafting in the second round just two years ago, uh, maybe three years ago. But the point is, he's a talented wide receiver, and he's got Pat Mahomes. He now has a quarterback that can throw it more than 10 yards. So I think he'll be very active. I think he'll be uh, someone you're going to want to roster and, and, and start virtually every week. I'm intrigued to see Sky Moore. I, I, I want to see what sort of usage he gets. Uh, I think... MVS would be third on my list, and Michael Hardman probably fourth. 69187 is the text line. If you've got questions for Jeff Erickson, you can send them in now. Uh, here's one right in line with that. Juju Smith-Schuster or Amon Ross St. Brown? Amon Ross St. Brown, it is close. Um, I'm curious, uh, in all the leagues you're playing, how many is Deshaun Watson rostered in? 0.0. Wow. And wow. that was I, – I, I, I thought he missed the whole season. Um and the fact that he's missing, you don't, you don't get to use him until week 13. Oh, thanks. I'll pass. Do other people in your leagues have him? Half and half. A lot of people dropped him once the extended suspension got announced. I mean, it's, if you have nine, like I, I play in some leagues where I have like nine bench spots, it's a lot easier to carry a guy. If you have four or five bench spots like your typical Yahoo League, it's impossible to carry him. He should not be allowed to be held on a, any IR spot. That That's... That's lame and cheating, uh, I think. Uh, he's suspended. He's not hurt. So I, I don't think – I think you need to force people to use the reserve spot if you're going to make them – if they're going to carry him. Um, and I, I think it's just too valuable. Guys get hurt. Guys have bye weeks, bad matchups. You, and you want to take flyers on guys, especially running backs and wide receivers. So create that roster tension. Don't, don't allow people to you know, stash them away on an IR spot. That's just not fair. Are you going to turn into Tommy Pham about Deshaun Watson on IR? Uh, no, I will not. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I do. Funny thing is, I am in a league with some ball players, and uh, yeah, that, that, that topic may or may not have come up 17,000 times. <laughs> hey, Jeff, I got two questions for you. Uh, the first one for tight ends. Would you would you start Austin Hooper against the Giants, or would you go with George Kittle against the Bears despite his injury? I'm going to need to know more about Kittle after today's practice. Right now, I'd go Hooper. Um, I, the talk is that Kittle might have to miss the game. Luckily, it's in the one o'clock window, uh, one o'clock Eastern window, so uh, we'll know right away. We don't have to, you know we don't have to take a guess. Either he's active, and then we're going to use him. If he's not active, then we bench him. I mean, I, I think if he's like limp, doesn't practice today and then is like questionable but active, I might even bench him then still too. Uh, I, I want to see him be able to practice today. Okay. And my second question, in a half-point PPR league, would you go for the flex spot? Would you go Hunter Renfro or Chris Olave? I'm going to go Renfro on that one. As much as I love Olave, Renfro is still going to get a lot of targets in the car. We've, he's established that rapport. He's definitely someone you want to roster, and I draft I draft Renfro over Olave this year. All right, one more before we let you go: Cortland Sutton or T Higgins? T Higgins, uh, but hey, good good problem to have if that's a choice. I would say more often than not, you're going to say both. All right, he's Jeff Erickson from RotoWire. Jeff, as always, we get him straight, it. buddy. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate Take care. it.
So there's Jeff Erickson. Did we just talk to him before he's going golfing? I believe so. Oh, I'm I jealous. So. <laughs> huh? I'm jealous. I <laughs> sent out multiple texts yesterday to friends for next Friday to see if anyone was available for golf. Night for next Friday? Yeah. Well, he's here today. Yeah, I'm here today, and next Friday my my other show is pre-recorded, so I don't need to be here in the morning. Well, first of all, first of all, we have not heard from Jared. It's, Danny. it's Let's 50, 50 at, at best. He's back, so you might as well not make the golf reservations because you could be here every day next week. All right, I'll make an afternoon tea time. I think what seventy um, percent of the time we talk to Jeff, he's on the golf course. Yeah, or about to it's be nice. on the golf course. It's nice, Man. It's nice gig. I think fantasy football writer. Has got to be the best job in sports media, right? It's got to be one of the better ones oh. if he's on the golf course a lot. It's got to be. Like, I I think this job is phenomenal. I watch sports show up here and yell at you two for three hours, right? Complain about damn back judges not looking at the play clock in time. But I think that's got to be. <laughs> and and want to be adopted by Tom Brady. That's right. That, that, <laughs> um, or Giselle. It yeah. doesn't matter. That, that, either one. I'm fine. Uh, either one could take me in the divorce. Um, but that, but fantasy football writers got to be better. It's got to be better. You don't like you. You don't have to actually cover events. You can do everything from home. Oh, it's such a great job. I need to get into that. Call Jeff back. Tell him I want a job. All, All right. right. Coming up next, Ed's leaving the show. It's going to be sad. Oh wait, Daddy, do we have to give something away? Uh, yeah, we do have two giveaways. All right, we'll do the we'll do the Motley <laughs> Crew tickets. Ed is leaving. Ed, see you later. Um, what is Josh McDaniels talking earlier today? He's talking. He's talking pre-practice. Today. Brutal. All right. He's talking pre-practice. So Ed's leaving. We're gonna give away tickets though. If you want to go see Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett, and the Blackhearts, we've got tickets for you right now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. That's 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number nine to go see Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett, and the Blackhearts at Allegiant Stadium. 702. 702- 364-1100, caller number nine. Now the 0-1 on the way. Swing and a long drive by Cole. This is way back. Dickerson to the warning track, to the wall, and it is gone. Goodbye. What a day for Alex Cole as the Nationals pour it on. Stays the 1-2 pitch, a fly ball, left field and deep. Back it goes, deep it goes, and gone. Carlos Correa, there's his signature moment. Biggest swing as a twin. A go-ahead eighth-inning two-run homer, and the Twins take a 4-2 lead. All of the sun, none of the fun on the Press Box Summer Edition. Ed is gone. Coming up a little later in the show, we're going to give away a six-foot sub from Porta Subs and get somebody qualified to win a new Yeti cooler thanks to Finley Volvo Cars Las Vegas. Uh, We'll be doing that uh, throughout the rest of this year as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, All right. Danny, I know baseball's on the rundown, but I I have a question for you here. Um, How in the hell is Air Force favored by 17 and a half against Colorado? Um, Does Colorado suck that badly? My guess would be A, one over A, overreaction. B, uh, Colorado did really bad in the run game last week, and Air Force did absolutely amazing. All right, let's, let's see here. I think Air Force had almost 500 rushing yards, something like that. TCU ran for 275 against Colorado. That's pretty good. TCU ran for 275, and their leading rusher had 52. What? They must have had a lot 50, of rushers. Here's, here, they had five guys over 40. 52, 49, 44, 44, 41. Oh, there you go. It plus, adds another up. Guy, plus another guy had 127-yard carry. So, all right. Colorado must really suck. You know we should have scheduled Colorado. Well, I took... Uh... Because of course I did. 
Would you you already bet on this? Oh yeah. Oh Jesus. I took uh over 32 and a half points for Air Force. Okay. I'm hoping they just I'm run looking. the ball down Colorado's throat. So they're favored by 17 and a half. Their totals 50 and a half, so the that implies 34 to yeah. 16, 17, something along those lines. Okay. So that's a, what do you have? 32 and a half? 32 and a half. Uh so UNLV is a 12 and a half point underdog going to Cal. Why do I feel like they are going to cover that? Like I, I like, got UNLV plus 13 and a half. Like easily. I'm hoping I, so. We had well, we had um Mike Grimal on the show yesterday. And Mike ha- Mike has them beating Cal, which fine, whatever. Um, right. he has them beating Cal. Very optimistic. I'm not quite that optimistic, uh, but Cal. And here's the thing. I don't know I don't know how we should approach this, but Cal played UC Davis last week. UC Davis is in the same conference as Idaho State, the team UNLV obliterated in week one. And Cal trailed 7-0 after the first quarter, right? Cal scored 17 in the second. They ended up winning 34-13. to So they ended up, the scoreboard looked pretty good, but they did not start off very well in that game. And again, they played a team from the same conference that UNLV obliterated. Now, I think Idaho State's probably going to be the worst team in that conference without knowing anything else about that conference. So still probably a different level of competition. But Cal was projected to be a bottom two team in the Pac-12. I, They're covering this game easily. I'm, I'm hoping so, and I think so as well. Like, I... Not that you should ever be that optimistic about UNLV football, but I this this to me seems way too similar to when Tony Sanchez went to Vanderbilt and won. Right? They went to Vanderbilt and blew Vanderbilt out. Like wasn't mm-hmm. even a, a competition. It was a low level power five team that was bad that year. Granted, I think maybe one key difference is that was a little later in the year and Vanderbilt's season was already over. Like they, they, their coach got fired, right? Eventually. So Cal is one and zero, so it's not like they're two and nine and oh, mm. the season's over. But that feels so much like you're going to play a bad Power Five team who struggled against UC Davis. You know he's covering 13, 12 and a half, whatever the hell it is. I think so. I don't know if they're going to win, but I think we're going into the fourth quarter of a one-score game. And as long as there's not like some weird pick six or punt block for a touchdown. What if UNLV goes into Berkeley and just blows the doors off the Bears? I, I'll be completely honest with you. I wouldn't be, I mean, a complete blowout. I guess I'd be a little surprised. But like if they if they come out of there with like a 14-point win, I'm not going to be that stunned. UNLV looked great. Yeah. It was Idaho State, but they looked great, and Cal did yeah, not. But if Brumfield can replay what he did two weeks ago. If he does that again, he's he's the best quarterback in the Mountain West. I don't think we're getting Doug Brumfield doing that ever again. You never know. I don't think we are. He came in. Not three, even against Hawaii? Three. Uh, they do suck. Yeah. Hawaii <laughs> might not have 11 players on the field, so he might do that against Hawaii. But he had not had a game with over 50% completion percentage in his career until last week. Now, granted, it was three games, but still. Right. He, he was under 50% in every game he played as a quarterback, which isn't great. And then last game, he was, what, was it 21 to 26 or something like that? Like, something, yeah. Couldn't he, throw an incompletion, basically. Right. If he tried. It's not going to be that good again. If he's that good again, they're winning every single game they play. If he's that good again, I'm putting money on UNLV to win the Mountain West <laughs> Conference. I do. Uh, the Mountain West kind of sucked in week one. Cal feels like a team that would finish middle of the pack in the Mountain West, if that. That feels like a team that would be 
They'd be ahead of the Hawaii, Nevada, New Mexico, UNLV four at the bottom of the conference. Right. But they'd be right there in the middle with like Utah State and everybody else in the so, middle, Fresno State. So somewhere around like five, six, seven yes. win area. And that's the exact type of team you know we can beat. You know we can beat a middle of the road Mountain West team. Yes. If things go well. Or they lose by 30 on Saturday and it's like, oh. I, I think they're going to, as long as they don't shoot themselves in the foot, they're definitely going to make this a game. Right. And the, they have the ability to win. My My main... My main cause for concern with them going to Cal is that Idaho State really sucks, and we end up looking back on the year being like, oh, well, of course they blew them out. That team was 0-12 and mm-hmm. lost every game by 21 or more. Right. Because that here the, the stat from the Idaho State game that was still, still doesn't sound real is that they had 51 new players, a new coach, and 51 did they new just players. start a whole new program? I guess. After last year, yeah. they just scrapped everything and said, let's start from the ground up. I don't know why. I don't know if guys transferred out because uh, I don't know if they had a lot of guys lot. graduate. That's, that's what a, a FCS over level? Half? Oh, yeah. FCS level. That's definitely over half of your roster. That's I don't know insane. exactly what the FCS rosters are, but it's like 80 whatever in college football for scholarships anyways. And at the FCS level, there's a doubt Idaho State's got 100 players. They probably have 70. I want to look back and see how many of those new players are in starting roles. Because, I mean... All of them? <laughs> I was going to say, figure if it's 51, 22 starters, I'd say probably at least 10 to 15 of them. Yeah. So, I do... That's my one concern. Do we look back and say, oh, that Idaho State team was just awful. That's why UNLV blew them out. 